Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Wolves Weekly, sponsored by mydieselclaim.com. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to Wolves Weekly. A slightly different episode this week as we try and sandwich in between the Burnley match and the upcoming Nottingham Forest match. So, Dave Edwards and Christoph Berra are with me. We will talk about the balance between winning points and providing entertaining performances. And that is a debate that has an interesting twist to it in terms of who comes down on either side. We'll talk about the value of clean sheets and the improvement in how Wolves have been defending of late. And we'll have a quick game to see if the two can remember some of their teammates. But first, here's Dave Edwards on the win over Burnley. Three points, that's all that matters. But it it went exactly how I was expecting it to go. Tuesday nights at Molyneux against the team you expect them to beat. It's it's hard as a player. Um, it sounds stupid because it is just 11 v 11. But for whatever reason, um, it becomes difficult. And I think the fans um, will sort of play their part in that as well. I think a long day at work, turning up um, against Burnley, it can be hard just to get the atmosphere going. And I think the players on the pitch didn't do enough to really get them going either. So it was a drab affair. It was... Um, not a, not a very exciting game. Um, not one for not one for um, that the Premier League will write home about. But a win's a win. There wasn't does, many chances either end. But does that matter though? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I think after the 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 result at Arsenal and the Fulham game, although especially the Fulham game, the performance and the VAR and stuff like that. I feel hard done by by not picking up points. So it's put a lot of pressure on these two games, um, the two home games, Burnley and obviously Forest on Saturday. So just getting three points was massive. And all the fans will be happy with that as well. I know they won't have been entertained hugely, but they'd have taken three points rather than a good performance and, and zero points or one. I find this a really interesting debate, Christoph, because Lee Naylor was part of our live coverage on Tuesday night. And he is adamant that he doesn't care about performance. He is 100% 
all about result. Uh, I know that there's not everyone agrees with that. And there'll be lots of fans who will listen to this who will go, we want to be entertained. Where do you stand on this debate? Uh, it's a tough one. I, I understand winning's everything. However, firstly, you need to win games to stay in a job. But secondly, if you're just winning one now and it's horrible football, yes, the fans will put up for it for a while. But then after a while, they'll expect more. They'll expect to be entertained. And so it's kind of getting that balance to having playing attacking football, creating chances, all action, but also winning games. Because if you don't, if you if you don't do either, then you won't be in the job for for long enough. But for me, I'm more on the, the thing. I, I want to be entertained. I want to go and watch games and enjoy it. You know, all action, high tempo. Um, but again, as I, I keep on saying, again, it's. Where the club is just now, uh, to be honest, I've not watched many Wolves games, mm. but they're probably not the team they used to be with all the Portuguese and they were really high flying and that. They kind of probably go through a transition period with a new a new manager, a young manager who's obviously got a lot of ideas. Um, so I think it's going to be a a long season, as Edo's just said. There, there'll be some not so many nice games, but it's about getting the points on the board, and he'll probably. I'm gathering the manager will be quite forward thinking. He he's very. I, I kind of briefly seen his interview on Sky Sports a wee while back. He's very. He's, he's a deep thinker about the game, so he'll not be wanting to win ugly in that. Yes, he'll be happy with the three points, but when he reflects, he'll be. He want to do things better because, ultimately, I think in this day and age, owners and fans to a certain extent want to be entertained. You know, they want to go to games and enjoy it because in the end, it is an entertainment sport. And I think going forward, I think. More teams now are playing that front foot football and, you know, really going at games. And you've seen all the games over the last three or four days. There's been three threes, four threes. There's been so many goals. And I think that's what makes it great, you know. Yeah, but has that changed now you've become a coach? Were you different when you were a player? When when you're in it and your kind of job relies on it, were you probably a bit more towards, let's just grind out a 1-0 win and walk away with three? I think as a player, it's a wee bit different. There are times when you're... you're you're in those kind of games and you're like, oh, I wish sometimes you're always back to the wall defending. You wish you could just have it. You're playing against teams who had a control of the game. You're sometimes thinking, why can't that, why can't that be us? But um, yeah, I think uh, as a player, you, you come off that. A lot of times as a player, you, you, you play the 90 minutes, you come off, you won the three points, you dust yourself down, there'll be a debrief and you go into the next game. But I think a, a manager now, yes, there's a, there's a slight short term about getting results because you don't get results and won't be in the job long enough, especially this day and age. And, Clubs are want success quickly, but long term, and don't get me wrong, there'll be some managers who might see the game as Lee Naylor saying it, oh, I just want to get a win no matter what. But for me, I want to enjoy watching the game. I want the players to enjoy it. And I think it's just the way football's going now. You know, I think the modern manager now, yes, there'll be other managers who get results being back to the wall, just defending, which is a, a really a big part of the game that you need to do. But I think you can balance it with attacking football as well and being progressive and being quick and alert and, you know, proactive football. So, um, but again, back to your question, yes, a player, as I said, win the game, go into the next one. But I think when you're a manager coach now, with so much stuff on social media, you can get so, so much insight in how the teams do things, analyse, all that kind of stuff. I think, I think as a coach, especially the younger generation, I think they'll be more trying to, a, a, 
more entertaining type of football. It's not always easy mm. and not everyone will be successful at it. But um, I think that's maybe the way football is going just now. I've always thought, Edo, that the sign of a good team is to is to just just to win those type of games because there are two teams involved, right? And you kind of give Burnley credit for the way they stopped Wolves doing what they wanted to do, and Wolves had to react and change, and they did, and they did enough, and they they won a game that probably in the last eighteen months they probably wouldn't have done. Yeah, they they did enough, and I think there was a lot of lot of circumstances going against Gary O'Neill, um, obviously with. Couple of key injuries. Um, really tough game against Arsenal. Rolling into this game, it's it's difficult for them to to maybe get going. But I'll say that Gary, this is probably the first performance of a Gary O'Neill team which has been like this. So it's, I don't think it's anything to worry about. He's very much a, a manager who wants to entertain. He wants to play of intensity. He wants to do all those things. That's been um, prevalent in all all of his matches in charge. This is the first time I feel like there's been a dip off that, but. Again, the circumstances go into it. I think obviously missing Neto is is huge, a threat in behind, but then also missing Ray and Eight Nori. We I think he's he's improved so much this season and he is a massive attacking force down that left hand side. Um and I just don't think necessarily um the the individuals he went with work probably as well as what he hoped. Um I felt Sarabia was probably our most creative player, but he was also a bit of a hindrance at times as well. Um, if you notice from your position, Mike, I was sat a bit further along from you watching the game um, and he kept coming into that false fullback area all the time, yeah. almost right on Hugo Bueno's toes. And there was, they didn't have that relationship where one would go inside, one would stay out and it just it just wasn't working. He was literally killing <laughs> Hugo Bueno. I felt sorry for him. Every time Bueno got the ball, he looked forward and there was just nothing in front of him to play for. Um, so I think that that really struggled, and we didn't have any runners beyond Burnley played quite a high line. Yeah, and you had Cunha, you had Wang, you had Sarabia all coming towards the ball. We needed someone to really stretch him in behind, and then that would give some space for the likes of Cunha to to operate in the pocket like he he he's so good at. But yeah, we just didn't have enough legs in behind. I think Neto is a huge answer to the that um, maybe getting a runner from a little bit deeper, but it's difficult when you're only playing two holding midfielders to do that. Um, so I don't think that Gary O'Neill would have expected his team to perhaps play the way they did with the person they selected, which didn't quite work. But as you said, he's he got the job done. Um, and that's all he would have wanted last night. And now I, I fully expect a much improved performance against Notts Forest on Saturday. It's a completely different type of game. Um, and I'm sure he'll shuffle the pack a little bit as well. But um, yeah, three points. So me, my brother, my nephew, my son were more than happy going out of Molyneux with the three points. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like nobody, you know, look, I think people remember, like will remember Spurs because it had that late drama and it had that, you know, special moment and it was a really open wide game. I didn't ever think it was going to be like that against Burnley. Like people kept coming up to me before the game going like, oh yeah, should win this easy. And I'm like, no, there's no easy games. Like, and you look at it and kind of go like, obviously a guy that we all know in Rob Edwards, like his Luton team play out an absolute amazing thriller, but they don't get anything for it against Arsenal. Whereas Wolves grind out the 1-0 win and then kind of people are like, seem a bit disappointed at times. It didn't make any sense to me. The way they're set up, mate, doesn't the way the opposition set up last night doesn't suit Wolves at all. They're such a good counter-attacking team who go quickly. And when... Burnley very quickly got back into their shape, didn't they? Um, and made those areas really tight in front of them. The the units so from their defence to midfield to attack was 
were very small, those gaps were. Um, and they de- they defended well. Um, and we just needed one moment, didn't we? Um, a little bit of composure and and we got that. It was a we sort of I thought that was gonna be the only way we we're gonna break them down by winning the ball back up high, and we did that. But then terrific composure from Cunha initially to get the pass off, and then Huang. I thought that was thought it was brilliant the way he did the little dummy, sold the defender, put James Trafford on his heels a little bit, and then was able just to slot it home with that one little bit of quality, um, which we haven't necessarily had in the last few years. So that's a real big positive. When you look at the the numbers, the front three are producing um, in terms of assists and goals is, is brilliant. So it's all moving in the right direction. And like I say, Christoph, like if you, you know, if you are just picking up points and you are moving up the table, you're keeping yourself out of trouble. You know, you were both involved in, in what were pretty nervy Premier League seasons, let's be honest. And so the more you can just kind of move out of it, the better, right? Yeah, ultimately, there's going to be games like this throughout the season. And I'm sure um, uh, Gary will be over the moon to get the three points, but I'm sure also he'll be back there with his staff saying, that that wasn't good enough, we need to do better, play better, be more on the front foot. But as you said, come at the end of the season, these games will be, you, you don't look back on them too much, you know, because... Ultimately, you're, you're going to have games at this throughout the season. There's no way you can play every game on the front foot and attract the football because you've got to give respect to the opponents as well. They're out there to stop you and uh, nullify your strength. So, obviously, Burnley done that yesterday, as Edo said, being compact and narrow, not allowing those spaces. Um, so, again, as I said, Wolves are probably a different kind of cycle just now as previously. They had a lot of money, spending a lot of money. Um, now that it's obviously getting maybe held back a little bit. So they're kind of in a position now that a young manager, progressive manager, he's coming in, he wants to do really well. And, you know, these points will be worth their weight in gold coming into the season. And uh, as the season goes on and they get more points, accumulate more points and get to that kind of 40-point target, then they'll take the, the the shackles off and then you might see a different side of, of Wolves as well. But again, um, staying in the, the Premier League's the, the ultimate goal just now because the money what comes with the Premier League, especially they've just signed a new TV deal as well. So the clubs are going to get more money as well. So um, I think come the end of the season, it's uh, the priori- priority is staying in the league. And obviously doing that as well, Gary will want to put his kind of style on the team and entertain the fans ultimately. It, it's somewhat um, reflective of expectation as well, isn't it, Edo? That at the start of the year, everybody was writing us off. Everybody said the Wolves would be in a relegation fight and we haven't been in a relegation fight. Actually, the, we've lost, I think, three games in the last 10 and two of those were to highly controversial last-minute penalties and the other was to Arsenal, right, who are probably going to be in the in the shake-up for the title. And so expectations have changed and all of a sudden, we're like, like people like Christoph want to be entertained all the time rather than just okay. winning football matches. I, I do think expectations have slightly changed, but at the same time, I do think the fans understand that they are very, very happy with where this football team is at the moment, considering the mess it was in before that Manchester United game at the start of the season with Julian Lopetegui leaving, there being no budget to sign any sort of players, offloading a lot of our best players. And then Gary O'Neill coming in, who initially was an unpopular choice. I, I don't think fans were over the moon with the Gary O'Neill appointment. Um I, I've, I've 
with being within the football circles, Christoph will know that you hear amazing things about Gary O'Neill from a coaching perspective. Um, so I was definitely a lot more glass half full and hopeful that he could get the best out of this team. Um, and he's done more than that. I think he's he's built a connection back with the players and the 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 um the fans. I think that's so important at Wolves. Um, I've been through various generations there where the relationships have been poor, the relationships have been good, and it affects the results so much. So he's he's really harnessed that relationship. He's got a good relationship with the fans as well. I think he epitomizes what Wolves fans want with the passion he shows, how much he loves being at Wolves, the, the amount of times he calls it a huge club. I think that really, um, the fans will really like the way he talks about the football club. So, it's all going in, in the right direction and I think Wolves fans are grateful for that. They'll still be happy just to get to 38 points and make sure they're still in the league because, as I said, in, in August, we were sort of bookies' favourites or right well, sorry, right down there with Luke and Burnley and Sheffield United to, to be relegated. And you look at the the difference between us and Burnley last night, us putting in one of our poor performances um, and we are still absolutely streets ahead of what, what Burnley could offer. And it'll be the same with Luton and Sheffield United. Um we're a very, very, very good football team. So, yeah, I think the fans know that. So they're a little bit more giddy about moving up the table, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Uh, Christoph, uh, I, I think that's a really good point because you know only too well what it can be like when it kind of gets a bit toxic around the place, kind of probably in the dressing room as well as just inside the stadium. Yeah, I think as Edo says, like when things are not going well, like you know, I've been at various clubs before, and I'll, they always say, "Oh, these are the worst fans." But I think no matter what club you're at, if you're not doing well and not putting performances on and not getting results, the fans are not going to accept it. And especially at Wolves, with the history they've got in the previous years, decades ago, you know, it's a it's a massive club with, with big history. So there is that expectation. But as Edo said, with the the way the club was at the end of last season to the the start of the season, well, you know, with the, the the manager leaving because he wasn't getting funds and not happy with that. Then obviously Gary coming in, but Gary's obviously impressed. His previous spell at Bournemouth, he's obviously went to his interview and what he plans for the club, you know, he's happy to come here and work with what he's got because he believes in himself. Whereas I think sometimes the more established managers, if they don't get what they want, they'll, they'll throw the toys out the pram if they don't get the money to spend. Whereas Gary's still ultimately trying to prove himself. So he's coming here, knowing the club's massive, know the expectations and really bonded with the players. And it looks like he, he's bonding with the fans as well. They're really taken to him. And um, I think that's all you can ask for. And long may it continue. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
let's talk about defending uh, whilst we've got Christoph with us because um, first clean sheet uh, since Everton was in the game against Burnley. Um, Wolves actually have scored in every game this season apart from Manchester United on the opening day. So scoring goals is not necessarily a problem. Keeping them out at the other end has been. So how big a boost is it, Christoph, to just finally get a clean sheet, finally get a shutout and be able to go, right, now we can build from that? Yeah, I think it, the longer it goes on, you've got that monkey on your back, really. And um, as a defender, you're just, you know, there'll be games when you're playing and the team's defended well, but sometimes it's just a bit of a wonder strike or a bit of unlucky, you know, a goal against, goes against you and then you see the stat on oh, no clean sheets and and, and for a long time, you know, and um, so I think for the defensive, especially defensive players and the goalkeeper, you know, it's the first clean sheet of the season. It's something they can build on, and hopefully, you know, they can take that going forward into the into the games. And but again, I'm, I'm a believer. You know, I'd rather win a game three two than you know keep a clean sheet and draw now now at times. You know, I think it, as you said, it's about getting three points on the board. And um, yes, clean sheets are key. But the balance of trying to be defensive and keep clean sheets and score goals and be entertaining, it's very difficult. So not very many teams can do it. I thought you were going to come on today and be like, no, I'm a Dallas Scotsman. I want nil, I want nil-nils. I want one-nils. I want clean sheets. I want to grind it out. I celebrate a clean sheet more than anything else. And here you are going, I want five goals, seven goal thrillers. I want to no. just edge it. He's checking as a player, he just wanted to win. Uh, <laughs> I know. Since I was there, uh, since I've been retired, I've watched a lot of games, and honestly, watching some games are and they're they're so boring. You know, I think um, yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I've been on the sideline as well. You want to keep a clean sheet, but also, I think I just said the way football is going. I think you need to be entertaining and you need to be progressive and moving the times. And yes, there is a place for clean sheets and backs to the walls and that, but I think. That will never be gone. That will ne- you'll never lose that. It's one of my dogs barking in the background. But um, I think just the way football is going, I, I think not just fans, I think owners as well, the recruiting managers with styles of football, that they're going to turn up and enjoy watching football. You know what I mean? Yes, again, I keep on saying myself, there will be managers who are really defensive and don't want to concede goals. Great. There's a place for that as well. But my, my train of thought just now is, you know what? Uh, you need to win games, but I want to do it in a way that you believe in, really. Well, Dave, I, I read some of these stats out um, just after the game. So uh, you know that I kind of keep a, a random list of stats that probably other people don't pick up on. And so um, it's been 32 games since Wolves scored more than two goals. You have to go back to Liverpool at home, uh, which I think was February of last season the last time they scored more than two. Since COVID, since the restart, only six times in 139 Premier League games, Wolves have scored more than two. So it's been a long-running issue that Wolves simply do not score a lot of goals. And therefore, if you're in a situation where if you concede two, you're unlikely to win, does the balance tip towards going, we need to be tighter at the back? And does that explain why we've kind of gone to this hybrid three, five, slash four times defensive structure and actually look better doing it and got more results? Yeah, I, th- I think Gary O'Neill recognised early that we play better with 
three or five at the back. And I think, bizarrely enough, we look more threatening going forward in that formation as well. Um, when we've been fourth, there's a massive clamour to go 4-3-3 at the back end of Nuno's reign. And it's never really worked. I don't think we've had many games where we can say, wow, that was so exciting. We look so much more attacking. It hasn't really been, I think, our best football over the last four, five, six years has been in that system. So I can understand why they do that. And we're in a lot better place now scoring goals than we were last year. So I do feel we're moving in the right direction. So I don't think it's going to be as much of a necessity to keep these clean sheets because I do think that as the season goes on, we'll score more and more goals and get three goals in games, get four goals in games um, and things like that. But I still do think that we we look defensively solid. I think Kilman's been terrific this season. The presence of Dawson's been excellent. And I absolutely love Totti Gomez. I just love the way he goes about his football. No nonsense. Doesn't take risks. Um, he's really aggressive. Um, and this has really been a breakout season for him. So I think we look we look good at the back. Um, then obviously with the, the midfield options in front makes us solid. So it's not too much of a concern. Delighted for Dan Bentley last night. It was a um, high-pressure game for him to come into. Um, and the, the that double save he made was just sensational. Saw the highlights when I got when I got back home after the game. I didn't realize how good that second save was. It was took the deflection. It was it was a proper elite save. So delighted for him. He looked solid. Um, went long when he had to because there was obviously a nervy stadium when we were playing out the back. And I think Gary Neal Gary Neal felt that as well. I was like, get up the pitch. Um, but no, the, the clean sheets. Obviously, you want to be solid. You want to concede zeros and ones, as Mick McCarthy always used to say, and then you'll have a chance of winning football matches. Um, but we are scoring more goals. And I think another really important thing is our home form. Um, it's been terrific this season. You look at the teams we played up until Burnley last yeah. night, all terrific teams. And to have a return of three wins, two draws and two losses, um, I think is is very, very impressive. Yeah, uh, you and Irvy with them playing out for the back. Obviously, Christoph wouldn't have been. He's old. He's total football now. Up there. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's no, loving it. I was it. in the touch lane having to like, get help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goal, goal kicks been taken short and playing out and suckering people in with presses. Christoph's loving that now in the modern game. <laughs> um, no, honestly, people think because the type of player I was, oh, you'd be like as a coach or manager, but I don't. I won't be. I, I will take a big emphasis on the defensive side of the game, but also. You want you allow your players to express themselves and you know entertain if possible. <laughs> um, and then they've got back it up now against Nottingham Forest, haven't they? Ado? Yeah, big game, big game. There's all of a sudden a lot of history. Oh, not a lot of history. A lot of um spice has been in this game in recent years, hasn't it? So, um, Morgan Gibbs White coming back to Molyneux that adds a little bit of um a bit of bite into the game for the supporters. So yeah, it's. It's going to be a tough game. I think they're in and around Wolves in the table. They've got good players. They've got a good squad. Perhaps not kicked on as much as they maybe would have hoped this season. But um, yeah, I think Wolves just have to bring that intensity from the from the very first whistle. I think when they do that and they are winning the ball back quickly and then attacking quickly, getting on with things. I thought it was a bit slow and ponderous last night. Throw-ins, free kicks, all those restarts. They seem to take an age over where I think on Saturday if they can just get their hand on it and play and go quickly. Um, and from a personnel point of view, um, hopefully Bellegarde will be well-rested. Um, even when he came on last night, he looked quite tired, didn't he? So hopefully he'll be well-rested. Um, not really sure what else he'll be able to do in terms of who he can bring in. He's, his hands are tied a little bit at the moment, but if he can get through to January in good shape, then 
I'm sure that he'll get backed a little bit to bring in a few more players. Um, but yeah, it's all about intensity, get the atmosphere going in the stadium. And then I really do think when that happens, the, the game looks after itself. Um, you mentioned Dan Bentley. This is for both of you. Um, so Jose Sarr obviously goes off at Arsenal on the Saturday. And technically, Dan Bentley keeps a clean sheet for the rest of the game. I don't know whether that goes down in the stats as being a clean sheet or not. Um, but then he obviously makes two really good saves and keeps a clean sheet um, against Burnley. If Jose Sarr says he's fit, and we presume that he must be close because Gary O'Neill thought he could possibly be involved on Tuesday, is that actually a really tough choice? To Do you take Bentley out? Do you put Sarr back in or do you leave it as is? Um, if it was if it was me, I think I would bring Sarr back in just because of, of what he's done at the um, football club in recent years. I do think... He would be the the better goalkeeper um, overall, and I was quite critical of Jose Sarr last season with some of his performances. But I feel like he's he's really sort of back in his back in the swing this year because his first season at Molyneux was terrific. He was a breath of fresh air, um, and I think his performances this year have sort of been getting back to that level. So I'd bring him back in for his experience and things like that. But yeah, Dan Bentley can feel hard done by if he is left out. Um, but I'm just put, trying to put myself in Gary Neal's shoes, and I would I would go with. Jose Sarr. Coach Bearer? I think it'll, be a, it'll definitely be a, a discussion and the coaches will have, but if he, he sees the goalkeepers week in, week out, you'll speak to the goalkeeping coach and if Sarr's his number one choice and the, the best keeper, you know, um, he'll be back in, really. See, Christoph's so total football now, he wants to go rush keeper. Let's just put, let's just have somebody sweeping around in the back and see who goes. Who's the best on the ball and then put them in. <laughs> right. Um, before we go, uh, let's have a quick game. So this is called 1 to 11. Uh, regular listeners will know how this works. For the benefit of Christoph, I've gone back into Wolves' recent history and picked out, we were talking about Burnley a lot. So this is the first meeting with Burnley in the Premier League which was the 20th of December, 2009. Uh, you need to name the Wolves team. So you'll take it in turns to try and name through. If they're on the bench, then you get a bench bounce and you get to guess again. And we'll see how many lives you each lose. Uh, because Edo has played this game before, Christoph, you can go first. So who are you naming from the starting lineup? Wolves beating Burnley by two goals to nil in December 2009. I'll, I'll back myself to be in that team. You are in that team, yeah. yes. It's, it's our first It's our first season in the Premier League. 09-10, yeah? So we got promoted in 2000 and... Yeah, Nine. 2000. Trying to work out. I was... I'm sure I was injured. <laughs> I did my ankle at, I'm trying to work out I did my ankle at Spurs earlier than that. I'm sure it was. Who would have been in? Carl Emery. Carl Henry, yes. Back Jody to Craddock. Jody Craddock, yes. Matt Jarvis. Matt Jarvis, yes. Kevin Foley. Kevin Foley, yes. <laughs> Kevin Doyle. <laughs> Kevin Doyle, you nearly forgot his name then, didn't you? No, no, no. I was thinking, did he, was it, did he come the first season or did Fletch come the first season? I was trying to remember. No, but, Fletch, yeah. Fletch oh, yeah. would have played for Burnley at that time. Yeah, 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 he probably did. Kevin Doyle, yeah. Uh, Stephen Fletcher did play for Burnley in this game, by the way. Yeah, Kevin Doyle. Uh, I am going for 
This could be a, a Stephen Ward left back. Stephen Ward, yes. Oh, then add or Jonah in midfield with Carl, or was it both of them? He would have played on the right as well. Who did we have that season? And Kites was injured, wasn't he? Um, I'm going to go for Jonah, Dave Jones. Uh-uh. <laughs> the other one, man. I'm going for uh, Marcus Hanneman. Yes, Hanneman in goal. Nenad. Start, starting with a solid back four, you know. <laughs> uh, Nenad Milias was in midfield, yeah. So that's, we've got a back four keeper. Uh, have, well, 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 have you got the back four? Or is that back five, right? Well, five. no, no. Have I you know. got everybody involved in it? Oh, Foles might have been playing. Foles could have been playing yeah. anywhere. I don't know if, I don't know if, if he was here back time, but Ronald Zubar. Uh-uh. That's Christoph's first wrong guess. One wrong each. Would we, would we play one up front against Burnley? Michael Mancian, was he? Oh, yes. Moving away there, Mikey. Silvan, I think of a strikers. If Java would have played on the wing, we need someone on the right. I think Foles would have played on the right, but then would Mance have played right back? I don't think he would have. Might have played midfield though. Um, Mance, yeah, Michael Mancian. Michael Mancian is a bench bounce. Oh, okay. He came on for Nenad Miliash in the game. So I'm going, we were playing Burnley. They would have probably played 4 4 2. We'd have probably played 4 4 2. So what, do, I, do I go again, Mikey, or is it back to Christoph? You, you can go again. Oh, no. Christoph's desperate to get in there. <laughs> That's your bench bounce. Dave Edwards, you get to go again. Yeah, we need a right back or a right midfielder and then a striker or someone who could play off the front man. Burnley, Burnley, Burnley. What was the score in this game? 1 2 0. Was this after the Man United game? Nenad scored and Kevin changed, Doyle scored. Changed the whole team, didn't he, for the Man United game beforehand? Because I got injured before the Man United game, Spurs game. Yeah, he, had, he made all those changes, I'm sure he did, for the United game, because we had Burnley, which is a huge game straight after. And he got fined by the Premier League, didn't he, Mick, for doing so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you lost, Man, lost 3 0 at Man United on the Tuesday and then beat Burnley 2 0 on the Sunday. And yeah. Tottenham was the game just before it. Yeah. And after this, you went and lost 2 0 at Liverpool on Boxing Day. Anyway, I need to find a player here. It's just buying time then, wasn't he, Christoph? I'm, I'm going to go for Sylvan. We'll go two up front. Sylvan Rex Blake is correct. Yes. Ah, you my man. A right back, Richard Stearman. Yes, Richard Steerman. Right, we need to go to a tiebreaker. So we need to now name the bench. And you know Michael Mancien was one. Uh, so we have uh, two, six players to find from the bench to see if we can get a winner in this game. Wayne Hennessy? Oh, Wayne, Wayne Hennessy is one, yeah. Mm. Dave Jones? Uh-uh. He was not involved at all. Does that mean I win? Well, we've still got ones to find. Okay, we can still keep going. Yeah, yeah, let's um, see if we can name this bench. Okay. Um, Big George. Yes. Oh, yeah. Doing amazingly well as a manager yes. now. Yeah. The only other one I think, I'm thinking, I don't know if you've seen them by then, but Adam Hamill. Ah, uh, no. Uh-uh. Good guess that, though. Good guess. This is where it gets random. Yeah. <laughs> we could have. Um, the young boys. 
One was uh, a young player who went on to have much more success elsewhere. One is a player who was uh, South American. I don't know whether that's too big a clue. Castillo. Yes. Segundo Castillo. What a guy. Okay. <laughs> D- uh, Dave Davis? No, not David Davis. Oh, so you've got two strikers to find and a, a midfielder. Big Looms? Looms is one, yeah. <laughs> Andy Keogh? Not Andy Keogh. Um, many people would see him as the precursor to Sasha Kalajic. Oh, Maya Hoffa. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think he came to the January. Stefan um, Meyerhofer, not that he played a great deal. No. Who's the other one? Stephen Hunt? No, I don't think we had signed him by then, did we? No, you're looking for a young um, midfielder, uh, left footed. Did well after he left Wolves. Yeah, and he kind of he ended up back at a club um, that Wolves had signed him from. His career path was Southampton, Warsaw. Oh, yeah, and Sermon. Yes, Andrew Sermon. What a uh, good player he was. He, he didn't get enough chances for Wolves, did he? Yeah, <laughs> it, was yeah. good. it was good. Got yeah. back in there at the end, Christoph, but unfortunately, Dave Edwards wins this contest again. <laughs> no it's, it's just amazing. a memory. Amazing. It's, it's, I'm sure he's got a few match programs on his table. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he was there for so long, he just... <laughs> It, it dominates his career. Um, thank you for your time, uh, both of you, but obviously, especially Christoph. It's good to see you again, my friend. And um, I say, hopefully, we will uh, we will see you as a manager in your own right soon enough. In expansive, free flowing, attacking, sexy. Oh, <laughs> I'll be getting attacked. Wolves Weekly, brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.